It's alive. It's alive. It's alive. It's alive. It's alive. Can be wild. Welcome to the Bad Movie Cult. This week we're jumping headfirst into the um, Giallo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, not sure. <laughs> As we cover the 1990 Claudio Fragasso film, Night Killer. Virginia Beach Police Department. Officer Gabrielle here. I just got a phone call from a guy spying on me. Was it an obscene phone call? Yes. Did he threaten you? Yes. <laughs> the poor woman will never be the same again. She doesn't remember anybody or anything. All of the victims were raped before they were tortured, mutilated, and killed by the masked maniac. For those who don't know, he wrote and directed Troll 2. Um, his wife all, uh, wrote Troll 2 with him, Rosella Drudy. She also wrote this as well. And this mm. this came out the same year as Troll. I don't know what the fuck happened to him in 1990, <laughs> but... <laughs> He's got a new film out. Him and his missus have written a new film. The first one since, like, the 90s is coming out soon. You know what that's called? Gone with the Wind. <laughs> Karate Man. <laughs> I got the synopsis off IMDb here. What, what's his special power? <laughs> He's got a special power. Oh, yeah. A martial arts champion with type 1 diabetes. <laughs> That's not a special power. <laughs> was passionate to fighting. This is written like what? this is written like how they write their oh, scripts. Right. Okay, yeah. Was passionate to fighting. The losing of the title during the Karate World Championships made him collapse to the ground at the end of the match to diabetic coma. That's it. <laughs> That's where it ends. Wow. Check it out, guys. IMDb, Karate Man. <laughs> Do they need any uh, like funding? Because <laughs> that sounds like a winner. <laughs> yeah, I was watching this thinking, I wish this guy did an action film. And, uh, <laughs> is, that, uh, is that like the first five minutes? And then for the rest of the film, he's just in a coma. <laughs> <laughs> it's like hard to kill. Someone comes and looks at his dick. <laughs> You know, in Italy, this was released uh, as a Texas Chainsaw Massacre sequel. <laughs> yeah, I do, yeah. Jesus, because yeah. Texas Chainsaw Massacre was called Nonna Preet Quella Porta. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Which means, do not open that door. <laughs> that door. You're a fool if you dare. Huh? A trap door. And, um... Fragasso was not happy that they changed the title because he always wanted it to be called Night Killer. Similarly, he when he when he bought the film to the producers, um, they weren't happy with it. All the gore that we see in the film was not in it. He wanted it to be some sort of tense, like sexual thriller. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, however, they brought in his uh, his old mate Bruno Mattei. Yes, our, our good friend Bruno. He's collaborated with Claudio Fragasso on a lot of the stuff he's done. He also directed Strike Commando. <laughs> of course. 
and he came in to uh, to do the additional gorge and actually caused a rift between them and they didn't speak for a while. It's a shame. It's a shame that this film's caused all those problems. <laughs> do you know what else Bruno Mattai uh, directed? Uh, we spoke about it yesterday. Oh, did we? Yeah. Uh, no, then I can't remember what we spoke about yesterday. Cruel Jaws. Oh, Cruel Jaws, yes. He directed that. Yeah, he did the um, uh, Zombie Creeping Flesh as well, I think. Oh, did he? Was that Zombie 3? No. One of them did Zombie 3, didn't they? Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the cast, we've got Tara Buckman as Melanie Beck, uh, and we've got Peter Hooten as Axel. It was actually reported friction on set between Peter Hooten <laughs> and Tara Buckman. Really, it doesn't uh, it doesn't come across. <laughs> Tara Buckman disapproved of him in the role of Axel, as she didn't think he would be realistic as an abuser. Well, he was. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he seems totally unhinged. Yeah, it has an IMDb rating of four point two out of ten. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's, a not, rotten, that's not that bad. A Rotten Tomatoes rating of this film is not on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> that's more like it. No taglines, unfortunately. Good. No plot. <laughs> no, no, there's not much of one, is there? Well, I've basically just written a serial killer terrifies Virginia Beach. Yes. That's about it, really, yeah, isn't I it? I think it is, yeah. And with that said, let's jump right into this fucker. Yeah. Let's abuse the shit out of this film. Yeah, let's get her. <laughs> Starts off dance practice. <laughs> yeah. This is like some of the most ill-synced dance moves I've ever seen. It's the worst. Did this? I actually thought like mine had started like in the middle of a scene. I was like, oh, have I, is this cut? Like, no, a we're bit straight off? in. It literally just starts like with like mid-sentence of the instructor chatting <laughs> to the dancers. And they're all dancing around. Um, what the hell is this show they're practicing? I have no idea. I mean, the stage is quite small. Yeah. <laughs> isn't it? It's not a big stage. And um, they're not really in time with each other. No, they look like it's like Treasure Island in the background there. <laughs> but they're all dancing like twats. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which was the uh, choreographer's direction. <laughs> uh, we've got a blonde girl. She's called Elizabeth. She's, she's coming in late. I think I think this is our hero. I think I think this is our heroine. Yeah, definitely. Expect her to stick around. Definitely, because uh, you know she's got a little entrance, and she she walks in. Uh, <laughs> she walks in. She says, "Oh, well, not late again." Gives some bullshit excuse, and she goes, "We'll go and get ready then." Yeah. So this is the third time you've been late. There won't be a next time. Yeah. So yeah, she she uh, she goes off to get changed, and uh, we get a creepy peeper. We do, yes, yeah. Um, they do start dancing again. Uh, again, they're out of sync. It's quite, it's quite. I don't know. I'm, I guess it'd be quite difficult to be that bad, yes. that consistently. Do you reckon that music's been added in? It's got to be after, and not the music <laughs> they dance to. The music, <laughs> all the music in this film is bloody ridiculous. <laughs> it doesn't match what anyone's doing. It doesn't match <laughs> what's happening. It's overbearing. It's uh, it's just great. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, probably. Yeah, they don't got a clue. They're dancing to silence, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, we see a clawed hand reach out. This <laughs> is the first sign of how ridiculous this outfit is. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a POV, isn't it, of uh, somebody peeping and then hiding again? Yeah, starts stripping off. Yeah, tits, tits. Uh, had a little look. That's um, 
that of focus, <laughs> unfortunately, because <laughs> um, we're focusing on the claw. But we do get focus, and it's uh, two minutes, 58 seconds. Tits come into focus. Thank you, Kent. And um, <laughs> More on tits later. Uh, she finishes getting changed, opens the door, and we see the killer in all his glory. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a black trench coat. A lot of people, when I've seen reviews, have said it's a Freddy Krueger mask, but it's more of a... <laughs> Bloody isn't. It's more of a sort of... If you uh, like had Freddy Krueger and switched in with Toxic Avenger. Yeah. It's a bit of, bit of that going on. It's shit anyway. Yeah, it, it's a poor mask, isn't it? Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. I mean, you'd probably get that from a, a shop. and for I think it was quite good. Yeah. But as a villain in a film, that's shit. Yeah. <laughs> and then he's got like a gloved monster hand that's got claws coming out. It's like a rubber glove <laughs> with long like floppy talons on it. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, scary. Yeah. However, and yeah. when, when Ken sent me a, Ken sent me a clip of this film and I assumed it was supposed to be an actual because you know what this guy's like, this director. I thought he was supposed to be like an actual monster because he punches straight through a stomach out the back. Yeah, he does, yeah. And I was like, oh, is this some sort of monster? No, it isn't. It's just a man in a mask. I don't know how he can do this. With his uh, floppy talons. With his floppy, that, is that his name? Floppy <laughs> Talon? He has lots of names in this, he actually. Does, yeah. yeah, I kept thinking, he's still talking about the same killer. Cut to the instructor. She's bollocking the dancers. and uh, Yeah, she has a real breakdown over nothing whatsoever. <laughs> just shouting gibberish at one point. She's so angry. He's like, do you reckon she just forgot her line? I was like, oh, I'll just do this instead. Yeah. No! Oh, God help me. But oh, my God, Get into it! Oh, God. Bianca, lift your face. Anna, what are you doing? That's very original. Thank you for your improvisation. What's the matter with you? Stop! What's the matter with you guys tonight? This show's gonna... Oh, no. This show is, sucks. And the rate you're going, Charles, with your head down, I don't know. I, we might as well... I, it's never going on. It's... I, I, it, I, I don't know what to do. Hey, look, I, I'm really nervous. I, okay. Um, I'm gonna get her, and, uh, all right, uh, I'm getting a little nervous, uh, you have to forgive me, uh, please, uh, uh, go rehearse this without me, I'm gonna get Elizabeth, can you please, without me. She gives them a new dance to do, which is also out of time with each other. Uh, which Same is, music. <laughs> which is nice to give them another opportunity. <laughs> and uh, she's off. She's off to get the, our heroine, who's now dead instantly, <laughs> yeah. minute after being introduced. Yeah, she's going for a smoke and go to see where the hell Elizabeth is. Now she opens the door to the changing room. The killer's there. <laughs> Still in the same position as they were. Yeah. So he's just frozen in time. And yeah, she gets sliced to her throat, the instructor. Yeah, it's quite poor, actually, that. Oh, yeah, because so. it, it slices open, but you can see her actual skin underneath it. <laughs> <laughs> like, awful. And then uh, she, she's she's off down the down the corridors. I think she looks at the camera yeah. and she has her throat slit. Well, why wouldn't you? Yeah, she's just kind of like, oh, oh, <laughs> help. <laughs> yeah, she's off. She gets chased upstairs to the, the top balcony of seats. He's obviously doing <laughs> the walk. At one walk. point, she's, like, scared, wondering where he is. He's right in front of her. 
Because then his hand just comes slamming against the door next to her. And as his hand slams against the door, his floppy talons just bend all over the place <laughs> because they're fucking rubber. <laughs> <laughs> so how the hell is he punching through a woman? It's ridiculous. When, they, when they're clearly just rubber things. Yeah. I used to have a Freddy Krueger glove, and uh, it was obviously plastic. You know, you can't, you can't get the uh, bladed ones there. But... Um, and I used to get pissed off at that because when I used to put it away, like, and then I'd take it back out and put it on again, you know, every day. <laughs> uh, sometimes the blades were bent and they looked bloody ridiculous, absolutely <laughs> stupid. But, you know, you have to bend them back in and just leave them. These don't even look like they could be bent back in because they're just, if he just waved his hand, they'd be flying all over the place. I had, a, I owned a, a plastic Freddy Krueger glove in my. My youth as well. Did it have the little plastic things across the fingers? Uh, no, mine didn't. Oh, did it not? No, mine didn't. Because uh, mine was, a, I think it was a gardening glove. Was oh, yours a... actually? Yeah, mine was like a toy. But like, oh thing. no, no, mine was like a gardening glove with it all yeah. like, glued to. Yeah, I mean, like if you're listening to this podcast, you obviously are aware of Nightmare on Elm Street, but it's crazy that they actually did toys. <laughs> <laughs> for, for the kids. For the kids of a, a child murderer. But You're all my children now, you know. Yeah, he chases her upstairs. She gets onto the balcony. She tries screaming out to the dancers from, uh, from the balcony there. And, uh, She's got a throat cut. Yeah, I can't get the sound out. I actually oh, that was quite good. Yeah. The fact that she couldn't scream, but she was trying. Made me feel like... Uh, like scream. No, I didn't. No, no, it, wasn't, it didn't have that much effect on me. All right. No, just, just gasped. <laughs> I'm surprised they, 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 they could have been able to see. I was going to say, yeah, as far as they can't see her, she's standing at the front of the balcony. The house lights are up as well. Yeah. It's not like they've got the lights just in their eyes, but they're all dancing like dicks. So I guess they were busy. Yeah, and then he turns up, stabs her through the stomach, and throws her off the balcony to the floor. My first laugh out loud moment here, because when she hits the ground, all the dancers freeze in yeah, their yeah. dancing pose. Yeah, they do, don't they? <laughs> like, like some sort of flash mob. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like that bit as well. Yeah. So two women dead, Ken. Yeah. Straight away. <laughs> About six minutes in. Hit the credits, some more music, and here we go. <laughs> got a sort of a creepy bedroom got dolls balloons bears in it you see a little girl her name's clarissa she's getting her hair brushed by her mother how old is she clarissa in some scenes she looks eight in other scenes she looks 45 (laughs) so i'm not sure (laughs) why Mm. what did you what did you think i think she's definitely between those two ages yeah. (laughs) yeah the woman is called melanie she's our um our main star we also get a bloke he turns up his name's sherman (laughs) <laughs> Do we get his name at the beginning? Because no. I didn't know it until near the end. Well, I assumed it was like a um, like a, an ex-husband. Yeah, or a husband. yeah, an estranged husband picking the kids up and yeah. taking them off with his new wife. Yeah, because he knocks on the door. He gives them a, a Christmas present. Says, you don't open this until Christmas. Uh, leaves the present with the mom and uh, the, the daughter and Sherman head out. And then this is when we get the, the, the music playing, the mom's going around the house, turns, smiles for some reason. She's got a big plate of sandwiches she and does. a coffee. Yeah. I mean, it's morning, isn't it? She's still in her night night dress. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and sandwiches for breakfast. What's that all about? 
I don't know, especially what was in them. It was like fucking, I don't know, mango. <laughs> <laughs> mango sandwich. <laughs> that was, that's a, there's a character name for you. I'm going to write that down. Yeah, mango sandwich. Let me get, let me get him in. <laughs> yeah, and then we see um, Sherman walking down the street with Colorissa. Oh, there's a synth bass going on at this amazing. point. This is fantastic. Just wandering down the street. Yeah, and um, he, she gets put in a uh, in a car and driven away. I was like, "What the fuck is going on here?" Yeah, and they they meet a they meet a woman who I assume is Anne because she does say say hello to Anne for me. So I thought, obviously, they're good on good terms. This uh, ex ex wife and husband, she's uh, accepted that he's married another, and uh, but instead of him taking her with her, he, yeah, he just gives her to this woman, and then they leave, and he doesn't. It's like. What? Yeah. Why didn't she go to the fucking door then? Mm. Weird. Yeah. After some music and then, you know, titting about for a bit, we go back to Melanie and she's watching TV. It's a news reporter who's a fucking awful actress. Uh, we get our first name of the killer, the hooded psychopath. Yeah. I don't think he's called that ever again. No. No, that's just the name he gets now. Yeah. He becomes much worse. Rika Churaskovich is the fourth victim of the hooded psychopath. The woman was also repeatedly raped before being killed. Yeah, Melanie, she's she's writing at her desk. We cut away anyway, I guess. Yeah, she's... she turns that off, I think. Yeah. She turns the news off. She, we, we've got enough info. She's at her desk writing. There's a teddy bear on it. And uh, the phone rings. Yeah. This is fucking amazing, this bit. Yeah, I don't get any of this. No. <laughs> no even, even when it's all tried to give you the surprise, twisty ending... It still doesn't make any sense of what's happened before it. No. So this bit definitely doesn't. And I thought it was Uncle Frank from Hellraiser with the way he's talking, <laughs> this this guy. <laughs> and she's not happy about him calling. She screams and puts the phone down, and then you just hear him like, Melody! <laughs> tell, you, tell you what, it is weird. Because uh, she tells him that Clarissa's gone for the weekend. Yeah. Why was she telling him that? He's like some sort of weird voiced prank caller. Yeah. So why is why why is that any of his information? Why does he need that? I don't know. But when he starts shouting Melanie, he's sitting at a bar. Like there's people around him. Yeah. <laughs> Just listening yeah. in on him. He's like some sort of greaser, isn't he? He's like a leather jacket. And he looks like uh, Danny Danny Zuko. <laughs> Danny Trejo. <laughs> <laughs> He would have been great. He was, yeah. yeah, and uh, he, he's like, Melanie, and breaks the glass. He's got it. Yeah, yeah he just smashes holding. it in his hand. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Hello? Hello? Hi, hi. I'm all in a mess. You're drunk. That's what you are. I tried the other line, but it was always busy. Then you're drunker than usual. Both lines have been free all day. Anyway, Clarissa has gone to the country with Annie. Listen! I don't have anything to say to you except don't call me anymore! Melanie. Melanie. Melanie! She actually shouts first. She shouts, don't call anymore. Slams yeah. her phone down. He shouts Melanie to everybody in the bar <laughs> and smashes the glass into his hand. So she um, she gets a titter. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, once you get a prank <laughs> call like that, the first thing you're going to want to do is is take your tits out, start stroking them in the mirror. Yep. And, start, and you, you just remind yourself about your life. 
Yeah, give yourself a little pep talk. Yeah. You know, so this is though this is your life now then, eh? Look at these tits. Yeah. Look at them. Frank phone calls and tit stroking. That was that was Ken's life for a long time. <laughs> it was, yeah. Yeah, I miss those days. She gets another phone call anyway. This is this is you could probably say this is worse than the previous phone call. <laughs> Possibly. You got some croaky voiced prick. He's telling her he wants to have sex with her. I tell you what, uh, is uh, often in films. If you answer the phone thinking it's the person it was before, it will never, ever be that person. Yeah. So you actually say something from the previous conversation. Uh, it's never going to be them, ever. Yeah, she looks out the window because uh, he does let it slip that he can see her. He asks her not to move and stuff. She, again, she's still got her tits out with all the windows open and the blinds and whatnot. Well, it's morning. <laughs> she's <laughs> got out of bed, hasn't she? I told you not to call me anymore. You're a fine-looking woman, Mrs. Beck. Just made to be fucked senseless. Who is this? No, don't move. Stay just like that. Oh, yes. I would watch you. With you, it'll be different. I won't kill you straight away. First, I'm going to fuck your brains out. There's a phone booth right across from her, and uh, she does see a guy walking away from it. So she calls the police. This is, what's his name? Sergeant Gabriel. (laughs) She says there's a guy spying on her, and um, she thinks it was from the payphone across from her house. He takes her number, and we, we get into this bit, like, I have two separate numbers, and then he, she reads both out. It's like, why is this bit in the yeah, fucking film? Yeah, like, we give a fuck. <laughs> yeah. And he says, okay, lock your doors, don't let anyone in the house, I'll call you back in five minutes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> he's very stern on the exactly yeah. five minutes. Yeah, well, he's a police. And I was thinking, why the hell's he worded it like that? It's because she goes, locks up. And we see he's already in the house because we see a floppy clawed hand. <laughs> Try and pick up the keys. The phone rings again and it's Sergeant Gabriel. Hello. And she says, but Sergeant Gabriel, you said you'd call back in five minutes. <laughs> and he says, I can't wait five minutes. Yeah, it's not him at all. <laughs> although, although, to be honest, it was him at the beginning. So he's quite good at voice changing, isn't he? This guy. Yeah. I can't wait five minutes, Mrs. Beck. I'm too horny. Oh, dear. (laughs) (laughs) Crikey. Hello? Hello, Mrs. Beck. This is Sergeant Gabriel. But you said you would call me back in five minutes. Wait five minutes, Mrs. Beck. I'm too horny. It's the same for you, too, isn't it, Mrs. Beck? Oh, that's it. You figured out where I am. And you've locked yourself in. Oh, that's good. That's very good. Yes. 
I, I actually liked the fact that he did keep calling him Mrs. Beck. It was quite respectful, apart from everything else he says. Yeah. <laughs> so at least, you know, he's he's got manners. Yeah, I mean, she tries running away from him, but obviously she's locked herself in the house. She can't oh. escape. <laughs> and he's like, come and get them, lovely lady. Come on, I'm waiting. For... And he's just like jingling the keys off his oh, fucking... Yes. But it's not on the actual claw, because that would bend. It's on his finger, and he's just moving <laughs> his hand around. The police ring back. And she thinks, hooray, I'm going to be saved. And before she answers the phone, he's pretending to be her husband. He's doing another impression, saying, yeah, I've just got back. No, 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 she's fine. Sorry about all that. Uh, it was a mistake. Bye. And she's like, no. It's, uh, yeah, I was going to ask you about this, because they're facing each other. He's in the doorway. Yeah. The phone rings, so she watches him leave, <laughs> go into the hallway. She goes into her study, picks her phone up, Listens to the conversation he's having with the police. Yeah, but she doesn't join in. Doesn't join in and say, no, it's not my husband. She just drops the phone and screams no. And then when she shuts the door, you can see him. He's standing there with the phone to his head. <laughs> still got his mask on. Yeah. It's, um, in many ways, she's like the perfect victim, isn't she? She's very keen to be a victim at the two. You can see the killer in the hallway. She she locks herself in the study. He He starts banging on the door to let him in. Uh, she's she finds a gun, drops the bullets out of some reason. Classic, classic move where she picks a gun up in a panic and then just empties the gun into the floor. <laughs> well, not into the floor, not not shoots. <laughs> <laughs> just fires six times into the ground. <laughs> Whoops! No, yeah, that just... is classic. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, she just drops the bullets, is what I meant. Yeah, she opens the chamber to check if it's loaded, and then they all fall out. Because <laughs> she's checking from above. Yeah. Idiot. And um, she she manages to put a couple back in, and she says, die, you bastard, and shoots the door. Yeah, well, only once, actually. Yeah. She just shoots once and thinks, that's done it. Yeah. Sorted. Turns out there's there's another entrance to the room just around the side <laughs> there. It's totally pointless of locking the door, because it just leads into the kitchen. <laughs> and uh, he grabs her. And she says, no, you were dead. And uh, he's, <laughs> Yeah, th- this is a good bit. I like this. He says, I was pretending. Ha <laughs> <laughs> you fool. It's all part of the game. Now the fun's about to start. He takes his mask off, although the camera pans away so we can't see him. We've got to keep the suspense going, Ken. It'd be ridiculous yeah. if they just showed him now. <laughs> and he says, now it's all out in the open. Which, you know, I don't know what if he's got his bloody cockle shell bay out. Or <laughs> I not. believe he has, yeah. He says, are you ready to play, Mrs. Beck? Uh, she screams, and that's the end of the scene. Die, you bastard! No! No! You are dead! I was pretending. It's all part of the game. It's a very, very tense opening, isn't it? That's that is they've crammed so much ridiculous shit into that <laughs> that little bit there. Yeah. And it doesn't stop. <laughs> we cut to the hospital and we get the classic doctor and cop combo. Mm. It's Doctor Willow, so it's Warwick Davis. Um <laughs> <laughs> I'm writing that down as well. 
and uh, he's with, he's there, and he's with Detective Clark. They're walking down the corridor, and they're telling us the plot of the film, basically, so we don't have to watch it. Um, I wish they'd done that with the old film, to be honest. Just watch the, <laughs> the just doctor. Just talking us through it. Uh, basically, Melanie survived the attack. She saw his face, but because of the trauma, she can't remember anything. Oh, my goodness. She doesn't know who she is. She doesn't know her assailant. She doesn't even know who her daughter is. And then the cop proposes the emergency plan that the doctor was talking about. And the doctor rejects it out of hand at first. And he says, maybe maybe he's calmed himself now, the killer. Because he didn't kill this time, you see. Or mm. some such shite. <laughs> like, he didn't kill her this time because he was interrupted. So maybe he, it's yeah, fine. Maybe he's like, oh, well. <laughs> the doctor decides to take uh, Clarissa in to see Melanie. And um, they have a very loving conversation. <laughs> it's like, hello. Hello, you okay? Yes. You coming home? Soon. Okay, bye. And then leaves. Yeah, that's it, yeah. And he says, well, and he goes, she was a nice little girl. She didn't recognise you, so he knows that, because he's already said it. Yeah. I don't know, what, what was he hoping? That it would all come flooding back. Yeah, and uh, she falls asleep. Um, we see Sherman again in the, in the hospital with a unexplained band-aid on his face. <laughs> <laughs> Hmm. Anyway, as I say, it's unexplained. It's just <laughs> on his face. Uh, we cut to the reporter. Yeah, it's Sherman. He's getting interviewed. Uh, turns out, he turns out he got a scratch because he's the one that interrupted the the foul uh-huh. rape. There it is. Then that's explained. So yeah, he came in and cut him and escaped, and that's how it was stopped. And it turns out she was raped for eight hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was with her for eight hours until Sherman turned up. Apparently. Yeah. Got his face cut. Yeah, he, he then, like, it's his all on TV, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, so he now introduces his wife and uh, her daughter, Fuck Clarissa, onto TV for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Which is the safest possible thing you could do. His wife is fucking ridiculous. <laughs> she's character. terrible, isn't she? Can't act to save her fucking life. And she's there, oh, we've been friends for six years, even after the divorce. You know, we've tried to help Melanie. Uh, we've practically raised Clarissa. Yeah, this this is where it uh, seems that they're not actually estranged husband and wife after all. They're just friends. Yeah, and it's like she's probably sharing a bit too much on uh, <laughs> on live TV because she's like, we've practically raised Clarissa on the count of not being able to have children of our own. <laughs> oh, Sherman's face when she says that. <laughs> she's dressed like a fucking uh, girlfriend out of Goodfellas or something as well, isn't she? <laughs> It's like a massive fur coat and yeah, stuff. Massive hair. Yeah, mass huge hair and yeah, it's just ridiculous character. Yeah. She she gets a great scene later though. She does, yeah. <laughs> uh she refers to the because they ask about the ex husband and she refers to him as a fist happy drunk. He just <laughs> loves fisting, Ken. Yeah, well, if you're having a drink, what else? You know who else loves fisting? Go on. The killer. <laughs> oh no. Yeah, apparently he was a uh, he was a cop before he got booted off the force for being a fist happy drunk. <laughs> yeah, that's what it said. Uh, Sherman he leaves the reporter with food for thought. Yeah, he says the husband's an ex cop, and if he was the ex husband, he'd hunt him down and kill the bastard. Son of a bitch! <laughs> that scene was ridiculous. The, yeah. the wife is such a mental character. Yeah. Anyway, we cut that scene. That's it. Finished. We're straight yeah. on to another scene, which is Mrs. Beck. She's just driving around in a white Trans Am. Yeah. We don't know how long ago that first bit was, but, you know, but she's out again. 
I sort of saying like, oh, she's just been attacked. She's the only um, the only person that's seen this this killer without his mask, and they just let her roam free. Basically, she's got amnesia. Yeah. You can't remember <laughs> anything at all. And she's just driving in a car. <laughs> like, whose car is it? If it's not hers, or is it hers? Has she gone home? She remembers how to drive. And uh, some drunk fuck drives up alongside her, and he's offering her alcohol and catcalling her. Yeah, he's in a jeep. She sticks her middle finger up to him and accelerates off. Yeah, she she loses him um, by quickly turning uh, right. He drives on a little bit, then he slams the brakes on, uh, reverses and follows her. Uh, There's a sign as well that says dead end of the road they're going down. Oh, really? (laughs) Yes, but uh, that doesn't matter because we quickly see that it's not a dead end because we cut to another street. Yeah, they're in the middle of town, and he spots the the car parked and and goes into the building it's parked outside of. It's like a hotel, isn't it? It looks like it, yeah. He goes in, he has a little look around, uh, ends up looking in the women's toilet cubicles, as you would. It's (laughs) like, he's gone a bit far for somebody who's just flipped him off. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not sure what his motivation is at this point. No. No, because he was just driving. Yeah. He's seen her by chance, thought, she's attractive, I'll try me luck. Oh, well. Actually, no, I'm going to follow her forever. <laughs> yeah. uh, luckily, uh, she knew he was in pursuit and appears behind him with a gun. <laughs> what he does, actually, when he gets out of his car, is he looks in her car. Yes. Even though it's a Trans Am, it hasn't got any doors or anything, or any roof. So you can see that she's not in it. But he does, he leans over to have a double check that she's not just crouched underneath the seat or something. <laughs> he, he does that again in a minute, like, a bit later on. Yeah, she's got the gun pointed at him. He says he made a mistake. He just wants to be friends with her. And she says, do you always try and make friends in the ladies' bathroom? Which is a good point. Do you, Do you Ken? Do you make friends in the women's bathrooms? It happens. Uh, she makes him... Which is, sh- which is what he says. <laughs> she makes him strip down to his little man thong. That's fucking... Hot. That's not, not, not great, that. Yeah, tiny little blue underpants. <laughs> she makes him flush his clothes in the toilet and then she leaves. Uh, to be honest, right, when she's doing all that, he could have just thrown his clothes near the toilet because she can't see where the toilet is in that cubicle. Yeah. But he does throw them in and then flushes them so they'll get all soaking. But I just thought, why is he not just throwing them on the floor next to it, then flushed it, and then he could put them back on? Yeah. But he doesn't have to because he's got an entirely new set of clothes in his Jeep. I like when he says, what about my clothes? And uh, she says, just reach in and grab them. Shouldn't be anything new for a guy like you. You're full of shit too. <laughs> yeah, he gets a line when the guy on reception sees him <laughs> sneaking around in his little pants. <laughs> he just walks out, bold his brass. He just says, hey, what happened to your clothes? <laughs> he says, I got molested in the little boy's room. <laughs> and just leaves. And then runs out. <laughs> <laughs> Which is like... Well, that's a serious, serious offence. <laughs> yeah, he yeah, just leaves. That's yeah. the end of that. And as Ken says, thankfully, he's got to change of clothes in his shoes. <laughs> yeah, full, except shoes. I don't think he's got his shoes. No. And he drives off. He's looking for her again, obviously. We cut to Melanie. So what, why, why is he still searching for her now? What's the fucking point of what he's doing? And and how easy is it to keep finding people in this place? Because very it's easy. very easy all the way through, isn't it? All they've got to do is drive around looking. Yeah. Sure enough, you'll find that person. Yeah, in a big city. Yeah. Hey, bud, what happened to your clothes? I got molested in the little boy's room. Yeah, we cut to Melanie. Uh, she's on the beach. She's having a picnic consisting of massive amounts of pills. 
This is the most amount of pills I've ever seen a person have. <laughs> but uh, it, it looks bloody freezing as well. It yeah. always does. Honestly, every beach scene, every pool scene, they film it when it looks cold. Yeah. Don't know why. She starts guzzling them down, trying to kill herself. Uh, luckily, oh. she, she has uh, she has set out a little blanket though. Yeah, she didn't want to kill herself on the sand. Sort of me, comfortable, isn't it? It's like I was having a picnic, and yeah. there's loads of uh, <laughs> pills, just prescription pills, loads of them, huge amounts of them. Yeah, luckily, uh, this guy he's called Axel. Uh, he's uh, yeah, inexplicably just finds her again. He he does also. He runs over, looks inside the Trans Am, finds that she's still not hiding under the seat. So <laughs> then he sees her on the beach. He runs over to her. He kicks the uh, the pills. <laughs> kicks sand all into her face. Yeah, <laughs> he, uh, he drags. It's a great great question of what are you doing? And an even better answer of I'm committing suicide. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, there's only one way to react to that, and that's to pick her up, forcefully drag her into the sea, and slam her head down into the water, yeah. <laughs> forcing her to drink seawater, which will then uh, bring up a, a vomit reaction and clear her system of drugs. Yeah, I mean, this but of is... course, it, it looks to any any passerby that would look like he was just trying to help by just picking her up and slamming her face into the water. <laughs> She's screaming and struggling. <laughs> He's just like restraining her and putting her head under the sea. Nothing nothing unusual about that. And in a film full of unflattering shots of Tara Buckman, this is probably the most unflattering <laughs> as she's retching on the beach on all fours, <laughs> sticking her hand down her own throat to make herself throw up, in like actually doing it. Like she's actually throwing up here <laughs> in the sea. Well... I still would. What in the hell do you think you're doing? Committing suicide. Well, you gotta drink seawater to throw up all that shit you've been taking. Are you crazy? We cut to a guy. He's in a bar. He's chatting up a woman. He's asking to go with him somewhere. Wasn't this the greaser again? Yeah. The guy. It's, yeah, it's the guy called Melanie with the deep voice. Um, and then she says, Melanie. She says some shit about her mama. Yeah, it's a absolute bullshit. This is, and she she says, "Oh yeah, she's my mom said never to go with strangers." And she says, "I'll come you, with you and risk the unknown." <laughs> yeah, she says, "To hell with the old bitch. Here's to the unknown and downs a drink." So yeah, he's got himself a, a woman, I guess. Whoever this fuck is, Mrs. Beck. However, she's woken up in a bed. She doesn't know where she is, uh, but she appears to be wearing a Tina Turner wig. So that's nice. That's nice, at least. What's that got to do with it? <laughs> nice one. See you next time on the Bad Movie Club. That'll do. Yes. <laughs> it was an elaborate build-up, wasn't it? Oh, God, it was worth it. It's alive. It's alive. It's alive. Yeah, but we're in some workshop, and we see a claw and a mask, um, some dolls, and possibly the worst artwork it's I've ever really, seen. really, really shit artwork. It's fucking awful. That's so Blood delirium, that's what you need. Yeah. You need that guy. You need the Satan shitting into the ocean or whatever the <laughs> fuck he was doing. <laughs> Satan birthing the world from his anus. <laughs> that's never mentioned again, is it? The fact that this killer has a has a workshop full of I thought art. you were going to say Satan, though. No. <laughs> that's frequently mentioned by us. And she's like, hey, this is incredible. Yeah. <laughs> the drunk woman says. says, what do you do here? And he says that he's actually Santa Claus. And if mm. she's been a really good girl, he's got a big present for her. I like how he uses this raspy voice at all times, even when he's not in the mask. He's just putting <laughs> this fucking voice on. <laughs> would you ever leave a bar with someone that sounds like this fucking guy? I don't think I would. Women of the Bad Movie Cult, would you? 
I'd leave if it was a woman with that voice. <laughs> <laughs> you know, here's to the unknown. This and this this scene now is the scene that you sent me, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. We get a little Red Riding Hood uh, little play now, where <laughs> it's one of the, a very unusual bit of dialogue. It's my favourite dialogue of the film. Yes, she yeah. starts uh, doing the whole "Oh, what big eyes you have!" and he's really into. It. He's grabbing her. Yeah, it's because he's, and... he's put his mask on now. You see, he's yeah. put the mask on and the claw. And uh, she's, she's pretending that he's the wolf and she's Little Red Riding Hood, and he's really into this. He's, he's telling her to keep going. <laughs> then she, she, says, and she then says she hits him with. She says, "Granny, what a big ugly mug you have!" And um, that makes him take his hands off her straight away. He's not happy with that. And then she says. <laughs> Why, grandmother, what a big schlong you have. <laughs> <laughs> We've all said it. That made me laugh out loud. That. We've that all said it to grandma. <laughs> That's the line of the film. And probably the stinger in Les Ken says something absolutely ridiculous between now and the end. Now, what are we going to do? Do you know the story of Little Red Riding Hood? Sure. Ah, I get it. I'm Little Red Riding Hood and you're the big, bad wolf. Go on with the story. Oh, grandmother, what big paws you have. All the better to hold you with. (laughs) What in that case? Don't stop. Why, grandmother, what a big slum you have. He grabs it and then he grabs her hard after she says it. And uh, she doesn't like it. She says, I don't like this game anymore. You're going to take me home. Uh, best death of the film now. He starts dunking her head in plaster or wax. I, th- I think it's like latex. I, th- I think it's supposed to give you the idea that he's making his own masks. I think. Right. I yeah, think that makes so. Sense. Because uh, it, it's. Uh, I did write plaster casting, but then I thought, actually, no, it looks more like latex. Yeah, and uh, smashes. And then she, the way she reacts to her getting her head dunked, you can tell the actress is like not having a good time. <laughs> no, I, no, I think that's a real one as well. Yeah, she's yeah. like, oh, no. <laughs> it just smashes her head back into it. <laughs> yeah. And then ends up smashing his hand through her back out the front. Yeah, with his little rubber claws. Yeah. My note is she acted the shit out of that scene. Yeah, yeah. I thought she did well. <laughs> yeah. She was better at dying than she was at just talking. Yeah, or walking. <laughs> it's a fair play. She could have been in Birdemic. Uh, she's breathing, so is she still alive after that, or is that just the actress not giving no, up? No, it's, it's just she can't do it. And he's, he's got a mask on her, and he says, now we will make love. That's nice. Yeah. Yeah, and they have a bit of a kiss, mask to mask. Anyway, that was fucking ridiculous, and that's the scene that <laughs> most people would have seen if yeah. they've seen anything of this film. Because Troll 2 is like a very well-known bad movie from this director. This is quite unknown. In fact, I only heard of it when Ken sent me the the clip. I, I got uh, that clip from Instagram, where somebody just posted it on there, and I thought, oh, I've got to buy that. Yeah. And I did. Yeah, this was one of your recommend uh, <laughs> yeah, suggestions, well, yeah. wasn't it? <laughs> Anyway, cut to Melanie, and she's yep, bang- she, she's screaming. 
Yeah, she's banging on the door. She wants to be let out. And uh, Axel, he turns up. He's got some fried chicken and french fries. Oh, yeah. Hilariously, he mentions that the door was unlocked. (laughs) (laughs) Well, she didn't try it, in fairness. She was just banging on it. And he empties a a bag that he's got out onto the bed and goes through the bottles of pills, just telling her what she was trying to kill herself with. He starts stroking her and feeling her up. He's a very odd character because is he supposed to be a nice guy or is he supposed to be the hero? Yeah, I thought that. I thought, oh, maybe we've misunderstood. Now he's like, oh, shit, and he's just going to look after her. But no, because he's still trying his luck on yeah, it. He's, isn't still... he's still forcing himself about. And then, then he says, "It's uh, well, go on then, kill yourself if you want to. Kill yourself then." And he's like, "I've got balls." That's what he says. Yeah. So he said, "I'll kill you." So he like gets the gun, puts it in her mouth. She's she doesn't want to be dead after all. So she's upset and crying about it. And then he pulls the trigger, and uh, it's not loaded. Which Eve seems to find funny. Mm. So he's, maybe he's not a good guy, but maybe he is. I don't know. Maybe he's a good guy, but an absolute dick of a good guy. Yeah, he's a. He's a it, this film tries to make you root for a sexual predator, basically. <laughs> yeah, or maybe he's a murderer. We don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah, I like it. Yeah, the line takes balls to kill yourself. The only one with balls in the right place is yours truly. <laughs> yeah. Axel. <laughs> yeah, he says he's going to kill her, but when he says so. He's her master and will do everything he says. Yeah, what a guy. Yeah. <laughs> it's alive! It's alive! It's alive! So what's the plot of this film now, Ken? We're about halfway through. Um, <laughs> Surely something's happened. I think, I think everyone's just killing everyone. Every single character's a murderer and a, a sexual sadist. There's a, there's a killer going around killing women. Meanwhile... The victim of the killer has been abducted by potentially the killer who's keeping a hostage in a hotel room. Yes. And also Dr. Willow and Detective Clark are hot on the heels of the hooded <laughs> rapist. <laughs> They're not, though, are they? No. <laughs> they had no point of even come close to uh, no. capturing him. But anyway. Anyway, he, he says, now, nah, Axel, he's going out to blow off some steam. Yeah. She's going to stay here like a good little wifey, and this time he's locking her in. She's, yeah, then she screams yeah. again, because he just leaves. And then we cut to the uh, the local aquarium. Yep, immediate yeah. cut Immediate cut to the aquarium. We've got a female scientist. Uh, she's saying goodnight to Frank, the security guard. She yeah. needs to check some water or something. She has to check the overflow valve before she leaves. Um, she's um, she's got glasses on, so you know she's a proper scientist. Yeah, and a yeah. white coat. Yeah, but she first of all, she's like, huh? Who turned this on? You know the classic thing where you speak to yourself: something's unusual, something's afoot. Yeah, and I'll tell you what it is: the masked killer. Yeah, he's there, and she starts running off to hide from him. <laughs> I like the fact that she's instantly terrified, yeah. absolutely petrified immediately. Yeah. <laughs> Just so, as soon as she sees him, it's like, ah! yeah, yeah, really overacts the terrified bit. But uh, carry on. Yeah, he grabs her, starts feeding her up, talking about oxygen or something. I couldn't really make out what the hell he was no, saying. I, I don't know. Her glasses come off though, which reveals she's actually beautiful. <laughs> Who'd have thought it? She wriggles free and sets off running, sort of, with him. He's walking in pursuit. Um, she doesn't make much effort to escape or even look like she's scared at this point now when she's running away from no, him. No, no, but she did all that early, didn't she? She peaked early with the I'm terrified bit. Yeah. And now she's just like, oh, come on, it's just finished. 
Yeah, and uh, he ends up grabbing her from behind and fists her into oblivion. <laughs> and when when she uh, reaches oblivion, her glasses are back on. Oh, yes. Yes, they yeah. suddenly back on her face. I don't know where she was keeping them. And then we cut that scene as well. Immediately, that's another death. Nice one. Next. Go back to Axel and Melanie. Um, he wakes her up from sleeping on the bed. He says, I didn't work off enough steam. And then we cut to him tying her to the bed. So she's like, well, fuck off out again then. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's an actual marriage, Ken. This, this is, uh, yeah, he's tying her to the bed. We got a news report covering the death of the scientist. We see the body leaving the in the back of an ambulance, loaded in. Frank, the security guard, gets, gives a statement. I don't know why they're letting Frank talk to the, the press. Um, we do actually see uh, Mrs. Beck's tits again at this point while he's tying her up. Yeah, yeah, but not not during the news. <laughs> she just walks past, <laughs> and flashes her tits. <laughs> Spring break. <laughs> yeah, he says, oh, he cut her up into pieces and fed her to the fish. I don't know what was on that gurney then that <laughs> was being let out. But and then he's taken away in the back of a police car. I guess they think he might be the killer. But if that's the case, why is he allowed to make a statement? <laughs> and uh, incidentally, for equality's sake, you also get a close up of Axel's sweaty nipple. So there you go, ladies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> little sexy moment as, for you. <laughs> as well as the stripping into the little blue pants earlier. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we'll cater for both. That's the sixth victim of the mass killer, that Aquarian woman. Anyway, back to Melanie. She's telling Axel to untie her. She calls him an asshole. Oh, goodness. And he slaps her for cussing, and then she calls him a pig and a son of a bitch. Oh, wow. He ends up making her beg, beg him to untie her and, and to kiss her. And uh, this horrific kiss, and yeah. thankfully we cut away. Yeah, it doesn't look nice. Yeah, it's very hard to root for this guy at this point. <laughs> well, we're not supposed to. Good, because I'm not. I refuse <laughs> to. Excellent. It works. Detective Clark, he's here. He's surrounded by reporters about the disappearance of Melanie Beck. And he says, oh, she's a free citizen. She can go wherever she pleases. Like, he's not worried that she's not been seen for fucking three days or um, whatever. He's now called the Slicer. The murderer's called The Slicer. Oh, I thought The Detective. That's a <laughs> detective cool... Slicer. <laughs> I like it. I'm writing that yeah, one I'd down. Write it well. down. <laughs> they ask him, fair enough question, why they didn't assign her a personal bodyguard considering, you know, the killer will probably still want to kill her because he's the one. she's the one that's seen him. And uh, he says, oh, we had her under surveillance, but that's all. So if she got kidnapped in broad daylight, she could kill herself <laughs> on the beach. She's tried to kill herself. She's been <laughs> stalked, abducted. Still... We were watching her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He passes the book on to Dr. Willow, who's just coming out of the um, the hospital. He says, well, go and ask him. Don't ask me. I'm, only the, pol- <laughs> I'm only the police. Why the hell are you asking me questions? Don't ask that doctor in a beret. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and he gets in his police car and, and fucks off. And the doctor turns up and he starts, he gives a massive statement to, to the press. <laughs> just about all of her personal, like... <laughs> Do you know the only bit I wrote down? Probably the same bit I wrote down. <laughs> The enormous... <laughs> the inordinate <laughs> amount of seminal fluid. Found at the scene, yeah. <laughs> inordinate tells... amount. <laughs> oh, that's too much. <laughs> Why is there so much? What's happening? I did put, that's nice to know. It's a nice new detail for the press. <laughs> I said, should a doctor be going into this much detail to the press about Melanie's mindset? She's talking about her suicide attempts and seems like he shouldn't be telling this to anyone. What constitutes an inordinate amount? Bucket and half. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Willow, can you make some kind of statement for us, sir? Uh, 
Melanie Beck is living in a state of disassociative schizophrenia, triggered by the trauma of the experience she was forced to undergo. The poor woman went through the most traumatic ordeal a human being can experience. A clinical examination of the patient revealed an inordinate amount of seminal fluid. The pure evil of the violence that was put upon her has unhinged her mind. The patient now has a very fragile grip on reality. Hasn't Mrs. Beck made various suicide attempts? Yes, yes. She swallowed a whole bottle of barbiturates. And we saved her only by pure chance. Why would she want to kill herself? To punish herself. To expiate the sense of guilt that was tormenting her. You see, in those eight hours, the assailant vented all his sadistic rage on her. At first, she resisted him. But by the end, she was completely passive. In the end, she accepted it. Accepted it? The survival instinct. And paradoxically, that's why she wants to commit suicide. To punish that part of her that passively gave in to the onslaughts of the maniac. There are those who believe that the maniac has kidnapped Mrs. Beck and that she's in grave danger. I sincerely hope not. When I saw Melanie the day before yesterday, she was still in a confused state. She might not recognize him immediately. And what would the consequences be? The man is an extremely dangerous psychopath. He most likely would put her through the same ordeal. The shock, paradoxically, would bring her back to her senses. But the moment she recognized him, he would kill her. I like the fact that he he rec- he sort of like says that out loud. He says, "You know what would be good is if she was raped for another eight hours." It's like, <laughs> what the fuck, doctor? That's ridiculous. Anyway, we cut to Melanie. She's doing her makeup, loading a gun from the drawer. She rides "Kill Me" on a on a mirror. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Yeah, her fucking makeup. Jesus, <laughs> she looks like the fucking uh, deadite girlfriend from Evil Dead, doesn't she? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> What the hell, man? She's She's a sight for sore bones. (laughs) She's an attractive lady, but uh, not when she dresses like this. She's like a bloody clown. Yeah, she she writes like, is it kill me or something on the mirror? Kill me, I kill you, or something like that. I I think that's what it says. I don't know what she's supposed to be writing at all, but I I think that's what it says. And she grabs a gun from the drawer. So is this guy keeping her hostage and assaulting her, but also leaves the fucking gun and bullets lying around in the drawer? Yeah, well, he's he's gone out, hasn't he? Can't take the gun out of here, can you? No, you get arrested. Anyway, Kenby Wilde turns up now. (laughs) (laughs) I knew it. (laughs) Yeah, little rat face fuck. Glasses, slick back hair. That's me. <laughs> like Rick Moranis cross with a weasel, this guy. <laughs> Anyways, he's asking Axel how the girlfriend is. And he's like, I bet she's got one hell of a hangover. And Axel's like, oh, oh yeah, baby. <laughs> Don't you know it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, she shoots the fucking mirror anyway. Axel fucking goes running upstairs. He can't believe what he's heard. Snatches the gun out of her hand, asking her what the fuck she's up to. And... um uh, Ken Ken knocks on the door. <laughs> He's like, "What the hell was that noise? Was that a gunshot?" And Axel gives Ken some money. Just pops it into his glasses. <laughs> <laughs> just obscures his vision totally with his right eye. Yeah, and says, "We broke a mirror." And he says, "Oh yeah, actually, it did sound like that." 
<laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, I get confused between somebody breaking a mirror and shooting a fucking gun. Yeah, and uh, that's enough for Ken. Ken, Ken leaves. Well, I've a- got the money, and I can't see anything else. <laughs> I've got fucking money in my face. And Melanie, she's standing there. She's got a one tit out. Yeah, tit. I've how, written tit. <laughs> how erotic. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, she's saying, oh, why did you take so long? And uh, she did her makeup and she wants to look beautiful for him. Yeah, she's weird. I'd, I'd describe this as a toxic relationship, Ken. What about you? <laughs> yes. Yes, I, I would also describe it as that. I yeah. think. Textbook. <laughs> textbook toxic. He asks her if she remembers anything, and then she says, "Oh yes, you're you're the one that has to kill me." Mm. And he says, "Anything else?" And then she looks off into the distance, as I did at the same time when she. When I'm she doing said it now. Yeah. Uh, anyway, we. Uh, and she, she says, "Yes, I had a ranch, I had a horse, <laughs> I had a pretty girl, cold iron, cold iron." <laughs> <laughs> we cut to the cops anyway. They're getting ticked off, uh, tipped off about... Uh, <laughs> ticked off. Yeah. yeah They're getting wanked off about um, <laughs> to people seeing Melanie. This is the uh, doctor is still there as well. Isn't yeah. He's still involved in this case. He's got any other bloody patients. They're getting phone calls saying it because it's all over the news about Melanie this disappearing. Is this is where he's wearing the beret, the doctor. Yes. Yes. Bloody idiot. Yeah. It's, it's no Steven Seagal. Get away I think, with that, I think it's a velveteen beret. It's very, very <laughs> Ooh, fancy. Well, he's a doctor. Yeah, the the police are getting phone calls about people seeing Melanie enter a hotel room, and then someone says, um, "Apparently, she's entered a hotel room shortly after being chased by a half naked man in a jeep." I was like, "Fucking hell!" I didn't think to bring that up sooner, <laughs> somewhat, whoever you are. Yeah, just be like that. You think she's all right? Yeah, probably. Sounds <laughs> yeah. okay. <laughs> we got Willow and Clark. They're shooting the shit at HQ. Yeah. The cops talking about a specific plan that they had, the one they mentioned at the beginning. They never actually mention it in specifics what the plan is. And the doc says, hey, you can't blame me for what's happened. And Clark says, I'm going to blame you. I'm going to tell the press you're a quack of the century. Mm. <laughs> you, you stubbed your toe then. <laughs> That's what a hell of an insult. Quack of the century. Jesus. He said, I'm going to tell the, uh, the press you're the quack of the century unless you speak to them. I'm writing down Quack of the Century, because that's a good film title. <laughs> and it's like the Howard the Duck. Shh, don't, don't ruin it. <laughs> he says the killer's most likely going to kill again. Anyway, cut back to Axel. He's doing Melanie's hair, pulling a massive hat on her. That hat looks like Jack Nicholson's hat. You know, when he goes to the art gallery in Batman. <laughs> you mention that film so often. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing. It's, it's, it's just... amazing. We should just cover that film and you should maybe pack it in. Not seen it. <laughs> it's 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 amazing how the fashion of Batman is saying fucking oh, space mutiny. space mutiny. Oh, yeah, it's exactly like Batman. It, that like, bit was like Batman. <laughs> what was the other one you said was like Batman? This. <laughs> Let's broaden our minds. Lawrence, got me your car and it's as big. <laughs> Love Shack baby. Yeah. <laughs> we actually have. Um, Told, told that story yeah, on yeah, this yeah. as well, yeah. yeah. Sorry for mentioning Jack Nicholson's <laughs> Joker from Batman so often, people. 1989, Michael Keaton, directed by Tim Burton. Music soundtrack by Prince. Cut to Ken reading the paper. He's seen <laughs> uh, the thing about Melanie and he recognises her and phones the police. Yeah, it's about time they put a picture out there, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, they just thought of that. Yeah, so her, her picture's on the front page of the newspapers. The detective clerk en route gets in the back of the cop car. 
there, realises he can't reach the wheel, so gets out, gets in the front and drives <laughs> off. <laughs> You're like, damn it. Yeah, he gets dropped off and tells that he's, he's going strictly solo for some reason. Yeah, what the hell's that all about? No idea. You go back to the station. He's just like, we've just been there. That's where we've come from, detective. <laughs> yeah. we That's where we've driven you from. What? <laughs> yeah, anyway, get the fuck out of here, you two idiots. He goes to see Ken. He's at the, the desk. He asks for a reward. Ken does. Uh, yeah, which apparently there was one. Yeah, and the detective says, how about you give me that duplicate key or I'll rearrange that rat face of yours in ten seconds? I don't think that's right. The incentive of getting information is the reward, yeah? Mm -hmm. He's asked for the reward after giving them the information that would lead to the recovering of this abduction victim. What a dick the policeman is. Well, you're the one that's getting the reward, so you would say that, wouldn't you? Well, I don't like him. <laughs> I didn't like his attitude, to be honest. Yeah. He goes into the room with no training or stealth on show at all. He just walks <laughs> he just in. kicks the door in, doesn't Fuck he? Fuck it now. Kicks the door in, and such is his uh, police procedure, you know, where you just like quickly scan the room. He just walks in instead. He yeah. <laughs> doesn't even look round. doesn't check the bathroom to his left. No, just walks straight ahead of himself. And sure enough, Axel comes out of the bathroom and hits him in the back, reacts ridiculously to getting, getting hit and sort of twirls <laughs> in the air or some shit. <laughs> yep, and uh, then we cut that scene as well. Yeah. That's it. That's the end of that bust. Sherman, you see Sherman, he's got a gun. He's ready to go save her and kill the guy who cut his this, face. This is the wife scene. Yeah. She is amazing. Yeah. She turns up. She asks him to stay home, first of all. And he says, I'm going to go out there. I'm going to find that murdering bastard and plug him in the eyes. <laughs> or between the eyes or whatever. <laughs> Both eyes. Yeah. One at a time. Yeah, so, so my note is, turns out this mum is a fruitcake because yeah, she, is, she yeah. thinks Clarissa is their actual daughter. Yeah, she, she's on about our daughter. He just shouts into her face, she's not our daughter. Which is nice, because she can hear all this. Yeah, and she said the killer should slit Melanie's throat. That's what the wife said. <laughs> exactly, yeah. I mean, the daughter's in the house, yeah. Clarissa's there. I like how uh, this couple were very normal until about two minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I think? You want to know what I think? Oh, don't start this again. I think the maniac should slit her throat from ear to ear. She's not worthy of our daughter, Clarissa. She's a tramp. She's been laid by everything in a 50-mile radius. Annie, that's enough. You're out of your mind. You didn't think that I didn't used to watch you. Your eyes bummed out of your head as she lay there to a nude, practically nude son. She attracted that man to her house like a bitch in heat. I want my mommy. I want my mommy. It's all right, honey. Mommy's here. All right. You're not my mommy. A appears from around the corner. I'm attracted to Melanie. <laughs> Is that what Clarissa says? <laughs> <laughs> yep. She's asking for her mummy because, you know, she's back to being seven. Yeah, she's dropped age again. And the wife says, oh, it's okay. I'm here. That then uh, Sherman takes this opportunity to exit the house, and uh, Clarissa says, "You're not my mommy," and walks off. And the wife looks at us down the camera. Yeah, she looks directly at us, <laughs> yeah. heartbroken. And we cut. Good. That's the last time you see the wife, and yeah, she's oh, she's devastated. Thank by that. fuck for that, because 
horrific. Oh, I loved it. I thought she was great in that bit. Just horrific scene. Really, really goes for it. Yeah. Yeah, she's great. We got Axel making a phone call, and Melanie sees the paper behind Yeah, they've just gone out for a drive now. Yeah. They've just gone out for a day out. He uses a payphone, and he says, oh, you wait here. And she looks round, and there's a newspaper stand with the picture of her on it. And that sort of snaps her out of whatever funk she's in. (laughs) The cops, they get a call, and we think, is this the same call? Or is this, like, you know, trickery? It is actually the same call. Yeah, he just says... uh, I don't even know what he fucking No, said. I don't know either. Like, I was hoping you could, because I was like, what the hell are they doing? Because he's saying something about handing her... He's, uh, the Detective Clark says, you better hand her over or you'll wish you were never born or something. Yeah, he, I think he says, uh, the doctor says, look, just, just bring her in and everything will be all right. And he says, no, because uh, it's a new ball game on my court. To which the detective jumps in and says... Listen here, motherfucker. <laughs> you know, as uh, as professional as he can be at this point. <laughs> and then he basically just says, uh, "Yeah, bring her in, or I'll beat the shit out of you." <laughs> and he just goes, "How's your neck?" And then he realizes that she's just run off because he turned his back on her to make this phone call. <laughs> yeah, he just left her standing there in the street while he wandered off to make a call. What did he think? What did he expect? I don't know, but he runs off. Anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he goes off and there's a, there's a big foot chase. He doesn't put the phone down there, does he, this guy? I think he just drops it onto the... Yeah, but the guy, that uh, Clark yeah, looks yeah, up right, yeah. and the policeman's like, we couldn't get the trace. The conversation was too short. Like, delivers it horrifically. <laughs> and <that's... laughs> not, not, Yeah, and then Clark redeems the whole scene by just shouting, Fuck! <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. We got Sherman. He's roaming around in his car. <laughs> just driving really slowly, looking yeah. out of his window. That's just his plan. Le- he's pretty much leaning out of his window. It's a good plan, Sherman. Well done. And then he put, before he left, he said, like, he saw the killer without his mask as well. So why can't he fucking help? Yeah. But he said, uh, we, I did what you said and didn't tell the police. Why? I don't know why she'd said that. She's insane, isn't she, the wife? Yeah. Yeah. So, so he can identify the killer. Yeah. As can Melanie. So his plan is to just go around in his car looking at everyone just until he finds them. Uh, Sherman does end up spotting Melanie. As Ken says, everyone spots everyone. In this yeah, everyone town. could just be found. She spot, he spots Melanie running and tells her that he's going to take her home and get in the car. It's me, Sherman! Uh, as they drive off, Axel's chasing on foot and they've driven off and he just div- he stops and gives the... No! <laughs> he actually gives us a second one as well. <laughs> so he's really upset. Me, Sherman. Melanie. Melanie, I'll take you home. Come on. Come on. Back at Melanie's house, uh, Sherman tells her to lock herself in. He's going to go and get Clarissa for her. And while she's alone, she has a look about, stares out the window, and someone's using the payphone across the street. He's blatantly got out of Sherman's car. (laughs) (laughs) And he's still got Sherman's coat on. Yeah. And he looks like Sherman. Yeah. Still, we don't know who it is. Yeah, she she answers. (laughs) Yeah, phone phone rings. Uh Uh-oh, who's this? 
It's the raspy voice again. Do you recognize me, Mrs. Beck? I'm back. Since she gives us a... No! <laughs> she gives us one of her own. She locks the door and the guy who looks like Sherman is gone from the payphone. <laughs> her phone rings again and he's behind her. That's why she's got two lines, by the way, yeah. because it's coming from the same house. It was one of those things, you know, the uh, when a stranger calls bullshit. Yeah, I mean, you don't have to fucking, like, dis- describe that, though, do you, to the no, police? No, but, you know. Yeah, he's got a gun in his hand and he's on the phone. He's on the phone in the fucking hallway again. <laughs> it just looks so goofy, that, with the receiver to the side of the mask. It looks so stupid. And he says, she's right when she says you're a bitch in heat. Yeah. Uh, he takes off his mask and she remembers who he is. And you'll never guess who it is. Dr. Willow. <laughs> no, it's not. Sherman. Uh, why is he still doing the voice after he's took his mask off? Because uh, he's so in character now. Fucking ridiculous. Because he's in full murderer mode. He's not happy that she scarred him anyway. Turns out she did it when um, he had, the, again, another great idea. Yeah, yeah, we get, we get some flashbacks now. To the flashbacks eight hour to stuff rate. that we haven't seen before. Yeah, flashbacks to the eight-hour Oh, it's, it's a good idea, isn't it, that he has? Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, she's attached to the bed. She's uh, tied up. And he tr- he says, oh, you want to kill yourself? Well, go on, and gives her the knife. Yeah, he, he unties her. So he cuts the ropes that he's used to keep her there. Uh, he's about to stab her in the heart. And he thinks, no, you stab yourself in the heart. You know, because it's natural for somebody to want to do that. Yeah. And instead, surprisingly, he's still sitting next to her and he lets go of her hands. And all she does is just stab him in the face in a like a jabbing knife. The <laughs> scar is like down his face, but she actually goes straight yeah, into yeah, his face. I mean, why didn't she go for the eye? I think she tried to. Really? Was she shit? Yeah. And uh, yeah, stabs him in the face. He starts screaming and falls down the fucking stairs or some shit. <laughs> yeah, we're not sure how he, how he falls down <laughs> he the stairs. He was sitting on the bed. <laughs> the next shot is him falling down the stairs. <laughs> just immediately runs out of the room and falls down the nearest stairs he can find. And then he's screaming like, no, no, as she's coming close to him with a knife. And she's not even that close. <laughs> yeah. She's at the top of the stairs. Yeah, just stumbling down the stairs towards him. And he's screaming like he's the victim. And then she collapses. <laughs> and he ends up telling us that as soon as he got the knife back off her, people turned up at the house. Yeah. Just people. Yeah. And then she says, Axel. And he goes, Yes, Axel, you two tried to set me up. It's like, what the yeah. bloody hell are you talking yeah, about I, now? My note is, what the fuck are they talking yeah, about? It's just like, what? What's going on here? Yeah, and he says, Goodbye, Melanie Beck. <laughs> and uh <laughs> Points the gun at her, and she starts with the flirty flirty with him. Yes, it's a classic. You'd never suspect that there's something else going on here. Yeah. You would immediately think, ah, maybe she wants some sex just before I kill her. It's like uh, that guy <laughs> she from... She must be horny. That guy from Space Mutiny, who had her tied up. Exactly, and, yeah. Bloody idiots. Yeah. Why are men such fucking idiots well, in these situations? We, we just are. She asks him why did it take so long for him to come back to her, and uh, he's fucking loving this. Oh, yeah, damn right. Making noises like he's Jim from American Pie, just <laughs> jizzing in his own pants. <laughs> Inordinate amount. <laughs> yeah, it's just coming out of his leg like a fucking <laughs> tidal wave. Like someone's poured porridge down his trousers. <laughs> oh, that's all right, Dom. It's alive! It's alive! It's alive! Oh, fuck. 
Yeah, it does sound like Kenya. <laughs> <laughs> they start smooching. She's yeah. undoing his buttons. It's very erotic. My my note is this guy's an idiot. Uh, she reaches back and gets Axel's pocket knife out of uh, her back pocket, stabs him in the dick. Yeah, it's right in the dick. He's not overly happy with it. No, no, well, it, it's happened to me. It's not nice. Yeah, sorry about that. Yeah, don't worry about it. And uh, aims the gun at her, and he says, you die, bitch. Now, right here, Ken, is one of the greatest surprise entrances <laughs> in movie history. This, this made me laugh. Oh, my. So pause. much. Yeah. So did I. I laughed beyond belief at this point. I, I was making notes <laughs> at about one in the morning at this point on this film. I had my missus sleeping in the bed sort of just across the room from me. I had to pause it and try my best. And then he gave myself a hernia so I didn't wake her up laughing because oh. Axel <laughs> comes smashing through the glass door to the side of them. But it doesn't look like when maybe like Segal, Arnie, Van Damme, when they do it, they dive in and roll and pose with a gun. He looks like he's been thrown. <laughs> it does look like someone's throwing him through the door. <laughs> As if he thought, I don't know if I'll get through that. And he was like, yeah, let, we'll get you some help. Yeah. It looks like he's ran through it not knowing the door was closed <laughs> is what it looks like. And not only that, even better, that made me laugh even more, is the landing. Because he, he sprawls over this armchair like he's literally just sack of shit over and the chair. Like, Ow. And lands on the floor. And he has got his gun out, but... Holy shit, that made me laugh. Yeah, it's really, really good. It's worth watching this film just for his entrance. <laughs> it's so fucking ridiculous. It's a long time coming, but it's a beauty. He ends up shooting Sherman dead anyway. Sherman ain't got the chance to... Empties his bloody gun into him. Yeah. All six. Six times, Sheriff. Yeah, it's a it's a beautiful uh, cluster of shots, all into his uh, lovely, lovely knit knitted jumper. Cable knit jumper. Yeah, very That's nice. It's ruined. Uh, so is Axel a good guy then? Some sort of sexual abusive predator? He's saved Who, with a heart of gold. <laughs> <laughs> Tale as old as time. Uh, what a redemption. Uh, they embrace anyway, Axel and uh, Melanie, as the police and the news crew turn up. Dr. Willow is here with Detective Clark. Of course he is. Matching jackets, which is pretty cool. <laughs> they have, yeah, yeah. They've got the Colombo-style uh, <laughs> rain mac. <laughs> but he's still got his velveteen... Um, he has still but, got his beret on, yeah. The velveteen beret could potentially be another uh, film pitch for us. I'm writing it down. Yeah. Um, and they explain, Ken, right, listen to this. They explain that this was their plan all along. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. How's this for what? convoluted bullshit? The plan actually was her ex-husband. So Axel's her ex-husband, it turns out. The plan was to get her ex-husband to rape her for eight hours. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. Because only by reliving that ordeal would her memory come back, her identifying the the actual perpetrator... And uh, everything be good. In fact, the only thing that actually did jog her memory was when Sherman took his mask off in yeah, front of her again. and said, it's me, look. It's the, Sherman, remember? The and rape, she was like, oh, yeah. The rape, abuse and torture by her ex-husband had absolutely fuck all to do with it. Yeah, still. How is that a fucking... <laughs> and that was a theory that he proposed and thought, well, let's just fucking do it. And to make matters even worse... He's a bloody maniac, isn't he, this doctor? Detective Clark says, not only will Axel get his job back for raping his ex-wife, he'll probably get a promotion. <laughs> what the fuck? 
What happened? Why did he fucking attack him in the hotel room then if they were in on, on it together? Nice one, Axel. It's, it's absolutely outrageous. No one, none of it makes any sense. Imagine Captain Carl Weathers reading all this report. Jeez. He was like, what the hell? That's how he'd rape the fucking lot of them. <laughs> be, oh, they'd be tattered on the floor. Good luck to Spent. him. Yeah. One of the vigorous ones. <laughs> Heavy weathers. Inordinate. Inordinate weathers. Inordinate weathers <laughs> coming at you. What was the point of the phone call he did to them? <laughs> What's the point of any of what he's doing? What an idiot. What? So how did he get that blonde girl? And it wasn't him at all. But it was him yeah, from the back. Yeah, but it was him. You it's the same, him. same guy. So why is he ringing up his ex-wife from a bar, putting on a stupid voice at the beginning... And then shouting melody and smashing the glass. Exactly. What's the point of any of this? This is before any of that's even happened. And he's already been known. They divorced because he was a drunk, fist-happy drunk. Yeah, so let's get him back on the force and promote him. Yeah, and get him to rape his ex-wife. <laughs> now that he's now that he's uh, repeatedly raped his ex-wife, let's promote the guy. Jesus Christ, isn't that the American police force all over? <laughs> to protect and serve... And occasionally rape. It's alive! It's alive! It's alive! America's our highest listens, so we just yeah, yeah, by by double, double, yeah. double the UK. Well, it was nice having you all. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's is how we learn of your uh, police procedure. Just films like this. Yeah, we don't know, do we? Anyway, cut to some time later. The Beck family—they're all back together. They're on the bed. They're playing some shitty kiddie game with a photo or something. The parents are loving it. The daughter doesn't look like she's interested. Oh, that's, um, I think. I think it's just like, what is it? Here's the church, here's the steeple. Bloody hell, man. How old is she? <laughs> yeah. She's back up to her, like about 17 years old now. Yeah. She has to go to her room anyway. She doesn't want any of this shit. Quite right, too. It looks far too close. She ends up going downstairs, and she ends up grabbing her present that Sherman dropped off at the start of the movie. You remember that, Ken? I do, Yes. We, we we have lots of intercuts now, don't yeah. we, between her and some sort of weird like kid music, and uh, the the obvious man and wife uh, having a little chat. Yeah, so basically, the the kid gets the 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 present, goes upstairs, sits on a bed with it. That gets intercut with this conversation, which is Axel saying that she says, "Will you ever forgive me for what he's done, what I've done to you?" <laughs> yeah, which she says. Absolutely fucking not, no. Well, You're... no. <laughs> she doesn't say that. Ken. No, she doesn't, no. But uh, kind kind of thinking, maybe. <laughs> she says, you did it out of love. You <laughs> raped me for eight hours out of love. Yes. Abusive relationship. She tells him to never leave her again. Axel says, he's worried what effect this will all have on Clarissa. And Melanie says, time heals all. But it didn't for her until she got raped for eight hours, but... Axel says, yes, you're right. I agree with that. <laughs> Thank goodness. Hooray! Cut to Clarissa. She's on her bed. She's opening her present. Why is she opening it? No one said she could open that. It's not Christmas yet. Yeah. I mean, we've been building to Christmas. We don't actually know what date it is. But nobody said she could go downstairs, help herself to whatever present she wants and just open it. All she said was, can I go to my room? Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. Clarissa. She does everything she gets here. She opens her present. Turns out it's the killer's mask, mm-hmm. and Clarissa just appears from out of scene with it on and gives us her best raspy Sherman impression. It's quite good, actually. She says, do you recognize me, Mrs. Beck? I'm back just for you. Just for you. 
and then laughs a bit. Evil laugh. The credits roll. It's the end of the film. Do you recognize me, Mr. Step? I'm back. Just for you. Just for you. <laughs> So what's the moral of the story, Ken? Uh, just rape anyone you can. Yeah, you get promoted. Yeah, eventually uh, they'll marry you and uh, you go up in the world. Absolutely I think. fucking ridiculous. I think, I think that's it. I don't know, I may have missed it. Do you want to hear what um, was, was said by the director, by Claudio Fragassi? Do I? Only one bit. I've just got one quote for you. This is on his original script, obviously. You know that he got changed and added to. But he wanted to write a intimate Bergman-like film. Yeah, <laughs> no. Yeah, imagine that after watching this. And he actually says, it was a great idea, a brilliant <laughs> idea, an incredible mental masturbation. <laughs> There you go. There's a little bit there from Claudio. And I think we couldn't possibly end the review on anything other than that. <laughs> Thank you, Ken, for reading that out. It definitely was for Grasso. Thank you so yes. much. Yeah. Your hero was an abusive rapist. Yes. The killer was an abusive rapist. <laughs> the doctor wanted everybody else to be an abusive rapist. And the detective was just a fucking idiot. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I liked it. I did. I, I enjoyed it, yeah. what it was, but just I just don't understand what the hell he was trying to do with it. But worth watching it just for the uh, the death of the blonde in the uh, in the workshop and uh, Axel smashing through the wall. That, the that bit's brilliant. That's so. It's 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 a massive mess of a film that tries to be clever and just doesn't work. None of what happened before adds up to what happens at the end. No. So the big explanation at the end is meaningless because nothing that's happened before is actually oh yeah so that's why that happened no you're still like so why the hell that's what you get at the end yeah. so why then and that's all you get just more of those why that so who was <laughs> all of these things you see yeah. that's what you get at the end instead of a nice one that's rounded it off nicely yeah and like none of it makes sense it doesn't no. round yeah exactly <laughs> yeah. absolutely you yeah said more it questions after they've explained it than there was before they even bothered we're better off if everyone just died in a big explosion we don't even have to think about it there you go claudio <laughs> you can have that one on me <laughs> yeah maybe for karate man <laughs> everyone just blows up at the yeah. end <laughs> yeah i'd have had that one perfect anyway on to Kenby Wilde's film pitch. It's alive! It's alive! It's alive! Okay, Ken, what, what do you think to this? What do you think to this for an idea? Go for it. We've got a masked killer, mm -hmm. and only Carl Weathers and his crack team can stop them. Can can we call it Quack of the Century? Because I've got a tie-in. Okay, well, let me hear the tie-in for who I agree to it. It's a New York Ripper-esque villain. Right. Who quacks down the phone. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's it. Could it maybe be a sub subheading? Like blah, 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 quack of the century. Okay. So something like... Killer duck. <laughs> duck ripper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's catchy. He's got a... He's got a Does he kill ducks? Kills ducks. Kills doctors. <laughs> yeah, quacks. Yes. Yeah. 
Nice. Yeah, and he he wears a um, a doctor's white lab coat and a uh, a rubber duck mask, like Howard the Duck, big white <laughs> fucking duck head. <laughs> like the big owl head from yeah. fucking stage fright. Yeah, that's uh, stealthy, isn't it, for a killer? Mm. Yeah, wearing a big duck's head. More stealthy than Charlie Sheen dressed as <laughs> Cupid from the Valentine pitch. <laughs> okay, yeah, he's in. Kills doctors. Could it be called Doctor Ripper? Okay, yeah, better than Duck Ripper, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Doctor Ripper. <laughs> Duck Ripper, yeah. Doctor Ripper. Right, so we've got a little. Well, we need we need lots of doctors' names then. Got him, got him right here. Sorted. Got, um... Are we having Dr. Willow? Yes, uh, Warwick Davis. Warwick Davis, yeah. Yeah, welcome back, Warwick. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've been long-term collaborators. We've got Dr. Dodgy Dick. <laughs> yeah, who's playing Dr. Dodgy Dick? Can be wild. <laughs> Typecast. <laughs> <laughs> we've got Dominic Lawton. He plays Dr. Ron John Peanut Balls. <laughs> Hyphenated last name, of course. Well, obviously. Hyphenated first name. <laughs> Ron John. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds more like a question for Ron John. <laughs> You're right, dodgy dick. <laughs> <laughs> obviously, Carl Weathers is head of medicine. <laughs> okay. Dr. Carl Weathers. Yeah. Doctor. This all takes place on one night in a hospital. Captain Doctor. Yeah. Captain Doctor Carl Weathers. Yeah. Yeah. This all takes place on one night in a, a quiet hospital somewhere. Are we? Um, you know, like Halloween too. We're closing down. The yeah. hospital's relocated. Everything must go. Yeah. Fifty percent off. Fifty <laughs> percent off all operations. Yeah. The board game. <laughs> they should sell those at hospitals. You should uh, use that as part of the training. They should, shouldn't they? Yeah. So they probably do. We've got uh, a female doctor. Oh, that's very forward thinking. Her name is Dr. Glitter Arty. <laughs> nice. Who's playing? Who looks doctorate? Um, I think any woman, if you put glasses on her. Right, we'll stick glasses on her. Uh, white coat? Yes, any absolutely. Of, any of them whatsoever. Yeah. Oh, anyone. Just um, pick, pick any woman that exists. I was going to say Will Smith's wife, but we better not. No, no, no I don't know. <laughs> Keep her name out of your fucking mouth, mate. <laughs> <laughs> you know he'll hear it. <laughs> Will, what the fuck? <laughs> Cheers, Will. See ya. It's alive. It's alive. It's alive. How about... Um... He's taking one of the cans of Galahad. <laughs> oh, you bastard. Bloody hell, Smith. I thought it was Muhammad Ali coming at me. <laughs> Um, I don't know. Name a fucking actress, Jennifer Aniston. Yeah, from she she listens to the Leprechaun episode. She's a big fan. She likes it. Warwick's in. Yeah. She's she's in. Be nice to re reconnect. We hear paging peanut balls and dick. <laughs> <laughs> paging peanut balls and dick. That's <laughs> like the dick is also peanut. <laughs> Peanut balls and dick. Yeah. Peanut dick and balls. It really sounds... No. Oh. Ron John peanut dick. <laughs> and then your Dr. Dodgy balls. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's silly. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Peanut dick, silly. Yeah. No one's called peanut dick, are they? <laughs> 
Anyway. <laughs> We'd have to check, wouldn't we? Like yeah. we had to do with the fuckers. Yeah. To see if anyone's actually called it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we can use that as a name. Mm. We've got a like a crack, you know, young, up-and-coming hotshot surgeon that all the women like. Yeah, who's this? This is Channing Tatum. Oh, yes. He plays Dr. Pretty Strong Ben. <laughs> He's in. Is there a comma after his first name? Or is he just pretty strong? Pretty strong is just one word. He's... <laughs> oh, okay. Cool. You know, they wanted to give him a, a strong name when he was a kid, but not too strong. <laughs> <laughs> but he was also very attractive as a child. Yeah, yeah. So pretty strong, Ben. He's the hotshot surgeon. you got Jennifer Aniston, Glitter Arty, Ron John Peanut Balls, played by myself, and Dodgy Dick is KBW. What's my area of expertise? Urology. Not... Yeah, okay. That's all to do with dicks. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. I was going to say, it has to be something. I'm not sure you trust somebody Mid- called Midnight dick. dick Doctor, that's what they call you. <laughs> that's what you're doing. Yeah, that's me. Then we've got the the one working down in the morgue as well. That's played by... Oh, Feruza Balk. Nice, I like it. Because obviously we're going to, be, we're going to go goth. It's yep. the morgue. We'll go, we'll go stereotype. Yeah. Yep. Plus, I like her. Have we got a character name for her? I was thinking... Judgment Day. <laughs> Doctor Judgment Day. Yeah. Yep. Then obviously the guy at the desk. Clint Howard. Clint Howard at the yeah. desk, yeah. <laughs> Orderly Howard. Yeah. What's his name? Character. His name is Paul McPeople Person. He's very friendly. He's on the desk, isn't he? He is, yeah. He's, perfect he's a perfect guy for the job. And then obviously head nurse, maybe Queen Latifah. Oh, yes. Attitude. Yeah. She'd be the one on the uh, actual reception desk who has to like deal with the public when they come in. Excuse me, excuse me. I've been waiting here for three hours. She goes, mm-hmm. Yeah. Like that, yeah? Yeah. She takes no shit. She's a hard-talking head nurse. She just like slams your head off the desk. Yeah. Says you've been waiting another three hours, motherfucker. Yeah. Nice. Head nurse what? Name? Not bastard. <laughs> She's in. Nutty not... is her first name. It's a very cute little nickname we've all given her. But not to her face. Nutty bastard. <laughs> That's her name. Right. Plot. That's enough characters. We've got loads. Right. Oh, was... oh yeah, we also need a murderer. Oh, fuck, yeah. So we've got him. Howard the Duck. Well, wherever the fuck he is. Okay, so we don't even know who that is until the end. No, he's masked. Right. Okay. Yeah. And... um there's a death, but it's just a patient that happens all the time in the hospital. Yeah, it's a shame, but, you know, we, we live, we carry on, we face another day. Ken, because he's the urologist, comes and looks at his dick, sees if that's the that's the cause. Call Kelly LeBrock in for a second opinion. <laughs> <laughs> she says that's definitely a dick. Yeah. And leaves. Yep. <laughs> and he says, I thought so, call it. <laughs> <laughs> Dick-related death. <laughs> Yeah, it's the worst kind of death. Just to see that the hospital's working, you know. We find out that um, Channing Tatum's character's, you know, a bit of a, you know, pretty boy, a bit of a dickhead. He's after Jennifer Aniston's character. Is is he is he actually like aware of his attractiveness then? Yeah. Is he a bit conceited? Yeah. That's a shame. I was hoping he'd just be like quite naive, you know. No. Okay. Fair enough. No, he he's the one that we all assume is the killer. Why? Attractive. 
too attractive. So me and you are like <laughs> fucking zero killer that it's guy. Gotta be him, yeah. Yeah. Peanut balls and dick just don't like. <laughs> we don't like pretty strong Ben. <laughs> no. Um, so there's that little side plot. Carl Weathers, of course, is trying to keep the hospital afloat. He's got to answer to Wonton after all. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I'm, th- I'm thinking definitely like just all set in the hospital over one night with yeah. killings going on. Yeah, I like it. We'll have some patients that start getting killed. Maybe one of the doctors that, you know, is just a side character doctor that gets killed. And Paul uh, McPeople person, he's a victim. He's going to get killed. Oh, no. Clint's going to get killed. Yeah, Clint's going to get he is. killed. Yeah. Of course he is. He's the first main character that gets killed. How does he get killed then? He's at the desk. The door's open. He's the only one in reception. Uh, he gets up. Uh, to Heart attack. <laughs> <laughs> Slips, bangs his head, dead. Fate. Fate kills <laughs> Clint Howard. He uh, he gets up and he's killed. Uh, decapitated. Holy shit. Where do they find his head? They don't. <laughs> they find his body? No. We don't know he's dead. No, we think he's just gone home. He's not even in that scene. <laughs> he's not even supposed to be working that night. He's covering uh, sickness. Oh, no. Poor yeah. Clint. That's a, it was Ron. Ron was supposed to be in. <laughs> Ended up. Yeah. Pete McPeople person. Yeah. His brother. Yeah. And uh, Clint's taken the flak. Story of their lives. It's alive! It's alive! It's alive! We, well, we call the police. Yeah. We call the police. Yeah, and um, the police that turn up, we've got Officer Max or Bison. Nice. Looks like Roy Orbison, and we think he's blind, but he isn't. We're just like <laughs> just wearing sunglasses up. all yeah. the time. Yeah, and we've got the the black sort of the black hair that Roy Orbison's got. That's just played by like a Roy Orbison lookalike, and he just gives us like lyrics to. Roy Orbison, anything you want, you know. You so, got it. Yeah. Yeah. Or Bison, get get over to that hospital right now. You got it. And they're his partner, played by a big name for a cameo. Well, I've, I've written Detective Slicer. Oh, yeah, of course. Can that be the name Yeah, of his partner? Yeah, Detective Slicer, played by Nicolas Cage. Fucking hell. And the doctors start getting picked up one by one. We all, we all think it's... Uh, Pretty strong Ben, but he gets killed. Oh, does he? Yeah. Bloody hell. Pretty strong Ben is, um, well, actually, no, first. You got Feruza Bulk, she gets killed. Judgment yeah. Day. Yeah. She's down, she's got the, the tip, you know, like in Valentine with the body, and oh my, is that body moving and all that sort of shit? Is, is she listening to music at the time? She's she got is. like headphones in. Yeah. Is it like some new wave, dark goth punk or something? She's into the cult. Yeah. I think she would. And uh, she backs all out of the morgue into the, the, you know, where they deliver the bodies and stuff. There's an ambulance there and whatnot. She thinks, you know, well, the killer's like hiding, pretend to be a body. And uh, she walks past the ambulance. The door's open. Duckhead drags her into the ambulance, shuts the door. <laughs> you see it all like you know, rocking and stuff and blood splatter up the wall or whatever. She's dead. Uh, Captain Dr. Carl Weathers says, uh, get everyone together in the cafeteria. Pretty strong, Ben. You go and get Judgment Day. Goes up to try and then there's a fight in shoes in the morgue with, between the killer and uh, Pretty Strong Ben. <laughs> Pretty Strong Ben ends up getting killed by the killer. Can he have um, you know, the blood pressure thing? Can he have that like wrapped around his neck? Yes. And then just squeezed, squeezed, squeezed till his head just blows up. Yeah, so that's how Channing Tatum dies. <laughs> Biggest <laughs> name in the film, instantly killed. Quite right. Nicholas Cage obviously on the scent with Orbison. <laughs> He's looking for a pretty woman. 
<laughs> so that's his. He suspects Jennifer Aniston. You see, um, obviously Ken's trying to woo Jennifer Aniston throughout the whole thing. You damn right, I am. <laughs> or Bison gets killed. He drove all night to get there as well. That's the fucking worst <laughs> thing about it. Well, it's over. <laughs> it's alive! It's alive! It's alive! He gets thrown off the, the top of the building, goes through the top of uh, Nicolas Cage's car. He loves that car. Was he in it? No. Okay, that's lucky. They're all sitting there and he's like, where's all bison? And uh, smashes through the, the top and basically Duckhead just throws him off the top Let's of go. the building. There he is. <laughs> there he turns, is now. Turns the alarm off. But the lights are out that time, so we don't see who wasn't in the room at the time. And it turns almost into like Clue then. <laughs> We're just running around the hospital, <laughs> just finding bodies. And <laughs> So who's left? We've got Ron John Peanut Balls, Dirty Dick. Dodgy Dick. Sorry, Dodgy Dick. Um, Captain Dr. Carl Weathers. Yeah. Glitterati. Dr. Glitterati. Um... Detective Slicer. And Dr. Willow. Oh, yeah, of course. And head nurse Nut Bastard. She gets into a fight next with the killer. Yeah, she ain't taking any shit. Yeah, she beats the shit out of him. <laughs> yeah, you get blood on his duck head. Yeah, so uh, she almost gets away from him, but he ends up cutting her Achilles tendon as she's trying with to. With a scalpel, mm-hmm. like Pet Cemetery. Mm-hmm. Well, nice I'm... practical effect on that one. It's one of the nastiest. Achilles I've, I've ever seen. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh, God. She tries crawling away and he ends up caving her head in with a fire extinguisher. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Um, anyway, so uh, Slicer uh, accuses Peanut Balls of being the killer <clears throat> because he's jealous of uh, of Dodgy Dick and him trying to get with uh, Glitter Artie and he wants him. That's the thing that Slicer thinks is going on. He arrests... Uh, Peanut balls puts him in the back of the uh, the police car that's got that's got all bison still with the roof caved in on it. Um, and he says he's, he locks me in there. He's going to go back in, um, collect statements. He, he's pretty positive it's me because they, they also find a bloody scalpel in my my lab coat. What? Yeah. What have you been doing, peanut balls? <laughs> and uh, as he's gone in. Duckhead killer is in front of the car walking towards me and I'm trying to get out. I'm handcuffed in the back, you see. He's trying to get in. The other door is lodged shut because of all bison just caved in the fucking <laughs> just side. just buckled shut. And that's basically uh, me just getting attacked in the car and being able to escape handcuffed. Back in back inside, um, I'm trying to tell you all that it wasn't me. I'm like, shaggy. <laughs> <laughs> but I caught you with a scalpel. It wasn't me. <laughs> that's Carl Weathers, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> and Slicer shoots me. Fuck it up. Thinking I'm attacking you all. Even though you were singing close harmonies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the madman. It's alive. It's alive. It's alive. Uh, anyway, it turns out we're all together. So who's left now? Uh, Dr. Willow. Yeah. Dodgy Dick. Yeah. Ron John Peanut Balls. Yeah. Captain Dr. Carl Weathers. Yeah. Dr. Glitterati. Yeah. And Detective Slicer. You you have to take me to, to just stabilise me because I'm going to shot me in the fucking shoulder so I'm going to die if you don't help, like, you know, get justice. So we've got to make sure he doesn't fucking bleed out. So you take me away because, you know, you work on dicks even though he's shot me in the shoulder. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and uh, you and Dr. Carl Weathers take me away. Slicer goes with us. And then it's revealed then. It's Glitterati. She's on her own. It's revealed, the killer turns up 
takes his mask off. And he's always loved her. It's Dr. Willow. No way. In a big, you know, in the big doctor's coat, takes the mask off and then undoes the, the lab coat. He's on the shoulders of Clint Howard. <laughs> who faked his own death. That's actually just, that's actually Ron Howard's body that Clint's killed and dismembered. <laughs> they found, yeah, identified by dental records. Yeah. They both love Glitterati and they can't stand anyone to be close to her. So they had no choice but to kill everyone in the hospital. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's because they were re- relocating. Yeah. Yeah, they're all transferring. That's the only chance they're going to get. They may never see her again after tonight. That's the point. Yeah. It's a beautiful story, really, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. What a beautiful twist at the end there. <laughs> it's is pure mental masturbation. It is. Slicer comes in to, uh, you know, make sure Glitterati and Willow are okay and hide behind. Uh, Willow hides behind the door, says, Clint, I thought you were dead, and uh, gets the gun from Slicer and shoots him. Oh, jeez. Shoots him dead. Nicholas Cage. How's he disarming Nicholas Cage? He's just in, a, in, a, in a holster oh, right, on okay. his side. Yeah, but he can see him. He's looking at him. Now he's hiding behind uh, the water cooler. <laughs> so why is he saying, I thought you were dead? Uh, to Clint. This is Warwick Davis, Clint, uh, oh, Dr. Willow, who's, uh, right. okay. who's hidden. We didn't realise there was two of them. It's two men in, in one doctor's... In one coat. <laughs> yes. Kills Slicer. And it's up to uh, Dodgy Dick and uh, Dr. Captain Carl Weathers now to, to stop. And they try and leave with Jennifer Aniston's character. And uh, you end up stopping them both somehow. Maybe Carl Weathers rugby tackles Warwick Davis, <laughs> which would be worth a watch. <laughs> I'd watch that just on its own. <laughs> yep. He ends up just drop kicking him. Punting him like a football. Yeah. And then uh, Glitterati manages to uh, give her the old low blow to Clint Howard as she's holding on to him. Ooh, or a close-up of his face. Kenby into that. Kenby Wild, uh, the dodgy dick is also a ninja, obviously, because it's Kenby Wild. Excellent. Got a throwing star, or maybe a scalpel, throws it. I've got a throwing star made out of scalpels. Yeah, throw that straight into Clint Howard's forehead. He goes flying back out the window (laughs) on top of Orbison on the car. (laughs) (laughs) So Clint's dead, and then uh, they withhold Warwick Davis. Some more police turn up. They apologise to Peanut Balls, of course, because why wouldn't you, you bastards? (laughs) And um, Can we burn Warwick Davis? If the comment of Grandma, what a big schlong you have, wasn't so ridiculous, that would be the stinger at the end of this episode. <laughs> they arrest Warwick Davis, you, you see. And <laughs> set fire to now, it. It turns out that Orr Bison was alive, and he turns up now. But he's fallen on him. Clinton Howard's fallen you know, on him. He's fallen on the car, but he's gone, Orr Bison, and he's still alive. And he... he um, Arrest Warwick Davis, and we're making sure I've got my arm in a sling. You're walking out. You've got your arm around glitter, are you two are together? Oh, that's brilliant news. Yeah, uh, Captain Carl Weathers. You know, he's like uh, dismissed everybody. Salute. <laughs> Just gets, get back to the police station. Gets himself a, yeah, he's always been undercover. It turns out he's got a gun, and he shot Clint Howard. <laughs> he shot Warwick Davis, and it's like I've been undercover for s- six months. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I was Captain Dr. Carl Weathers. <laughs> None of you picked up on it. Yeah. Yeah, he shot instead of, yeah, he drop kicked him. And then as he was attacking Glitterati, Warwick Davis, 
in, in a tribute to Leprechaun, uh, Carl Weathers shot him and he flew across <laughs> the room. Um, yeah, he was un- deep undercover and he was telling him, well, fine job you've done. <laughs> undercover. Anyway, so yeah, the three of us, we're, we're congratulating you. Oh, and then um, Carl Weathers looks in and all Bison, because, you know, he's blind like Roy, um, he's actually arrested a child <laughs> thinking it was Warwick Davis and Warwick Davis is loose. He's escaped. Set us up nicely for Doctor Ripper Two: Return of the Quack. Return, yeah, oh, <laughs> fucking superb. It's alive! It's alive! It's alive! We've run out of time, and thank fuck, as nothing's following that question, that <laughs> sentence. Thank you, as always, to my co-host Ken B. Wild, especially oh, thank for you, everyone. Return of the Quack. That was superb. <laughs> so, what do you think to this week's episode? What did you think to this week's film? Well, Night Killer. <laughs> Whatever the hell it was. Where does it rank amongst uh, bad movies? Is it as good as his previous one, Troll 2? Did you prefer Troll 2? Did you prefer this? Let us know. The email address is badmoviecult at gmail.com. You can also find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. If you want to discuss this week's episode with other cult members, you can. You just need to search Bad Movie Cult Discussion Group on Facebook. All links will be available in the show notes. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can by simply leaving us an Apple Podcast rating or review. It's a massive help in getting us found by new listeners. You can also find all previous episodes as well as written reviews of films not covered on this podcast on our website, www.badmoviecult.com. Join us again in two weeks' time. We will be back. We'll be back with another movie review, deep dive and film pitch right here on the Bad Movie Cult podcast. See you later, everybody. Goodbye. Grandmother, what a big slum you have.